Hello everyone, welcome to episode 70 of the Northampton Chronicles podcast. My name is Will Lewis. And I'm Nourish Nair. This week's Chronicle Talk guest is Jake Sharp from BBC Radio Northampton, who was interviewed by University Lecturer Jefferson Lake. Jake Sharp is one of two BBC Radio Sports reporters. He covers the main sports news stories from Northampton, mainly Northampton Town Football Club, Northampton Saints Rugby Club and other important sports news stories. But Sharp didn't study a degree in journalism. He actually did a master's in journalism. But my undergrad was in history and politics at Loughborough. So that was where I ended up for my undergrad. And then I did a master's in broadcast journalism at Salford afterwards. Fashion mindset. Um, so I did, hist- as I said, I did history and politics for the three years of my undergrad. And then I did, the, uh, I did broadcast journalism at Salford in the master's. And the, as soon as I went to, to do the master's, we were integrated kind of with the, with the undergrads that were doing journalism there for two, three years and we were miles behind, just miles behind. And it, I, I was told the kind of old-fashioned route, which is, oh, if you want to do journalism, you need to go and do English or history, and then you need to specialise afterwards. But we'll probably talk a bit more about this, but that, that is not, that that is not the case. Job then goes on to talk about an opportunity for placement. What? Yeah, so live reporting in particular is... Um, we have, we have a load of non-league football teams in... So every Saturday, if you've never listened to the Saturday show, I'd... Well, I'd say first of all, foremost, even, don't, you don't have to listen to it every week, but just if you want a flavour of how our week, that is, the, that is the, the biggest show of our week. That's what our week is all built up to, what happens between two o'clock and six o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. So go and have a, go and have a listen. Just to, go and have a listen to the first hour, which is all the build-up, and go and have a listen to the, the final hour between five and six, which is where we kind of react to everything. And you can kind of get a flavour of what we do. And you'll hear us talking about the Cobblers. You'll hear us talking about the Saints, if they're playing on the same day. And you'll also hear a lot about non-league football as well, because we've got, we cover five main senior teams. We've got Brackling Kettering in the National League North, AFC Russian Diamonds are in the Southern League, and in the Northern League there's Corby Town and Daventry Town. Um, we have dedicated non-league reporters for, those, for most of those games, but not all of those games because of what we're talking about, because of the, 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 how stretched we are as a, as a radio station. So... There will be invariably every weekend an opportunity to cover one of those teams on the radio to do live um, pre-match report to do uh, sometimes because we have a featured game every week, maybe um, more of a chat about what's going on. If there's a particular story around the game, two way, two way, exactly um, a half time um, uh, insert, full time insert, full time chat, manager interviews, building your contacts that way. And it's a, great, it's a great place to learn. I did it when I start, first joined. I think the first, the first thing I did like, on my own live on the radio was Daventry versus Rugby Town in like, in like, yeah, exactly, yeah. In like the FA Cup fourth qualifying round. And the story around that was where everyone thinks the FA Cup starts. If you're a Premier League side, it doesn't start till the new year. If you're a League Two side, you look in November for when the FA Cup starts. But actually for non-league sides, it starts in August. It starts in July, starts in August. And, it's the, and there's different stuff you can do around that. But it, it's not the most glamorous. Going away to Dav- going at home to Daventry Town isn't the most glamorous. But what you've got to think is, it, it's, it's stuff that you can put down. It's, it's a place where you can learn. And, I w- and you, we're not just going to go, right, go and do that. Thanks for your time. If, we'll help you. We'll help you get better at it. We'll help you. We'll tell you what you need to do. You'll be listening all the time so you'll get better naturally. And you've got bodies of work that will be live on the BBC, which you can always use and, and for stuff coming forward, if it be projects, be it be 
your CV moving forward as well. And it's not just that, it's other sports stories. Like you say, we're incredibly stretched. We try and do as much as we can, but there will invariably be stuff, be stuff we miss or can't cover to what it should be covered, even if it's an interesting story. We might get a guest on a breakfast and talk to them for two minutes and that's that, when the story deserves more and it deserves more treatment and more creativity, which involves time we just don't have. So, so if we did a normal week where there's one, one cobbler's game, for example, um, Monday is, um, so we have kind of, obviously because we work on the weekends because that's when sport happens. That's, that's the other thing. Be prepared to give up your weekends because if you want to work in sport specifically, but you don't want to work on Saturday or Sundays, then it's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, but so I have Wednesdays off in the week. So I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, and then depending on what's going on Sunday as well. So Monday, I'm on the breakfast sport bulletins, which is from six in the morning till 10, like I said, the show. We have... Um, headlines on the hour and we have like a big, a big sports chat every and half you, an hour. And you write the, the copy? Yeah, yeah, I write the copy, edit all the audio that goes in, um, write all the scripts and then we'll, it's a, the way we do it, it can be very different. I'd imagine when you listen to a news bulletin, for example, it's very different to how a sports bulletin's done. A news bulletin is exactly how you would imagine it. When you think of a newsreader, how's a newsreader read the news? It's very matter of fact, this happened in a very serious tone, move on to the next story. Whereas the sports bulletin, and this changes across depending where you are, um, but we have it as a kind of a big chat. Um, it helps that Annabelle, who's our breakfast presenter, is really interested in sport. She knows what's going on. She knows what's happened over the weekend. So she will kind of, it will be a conversation. Two-way. A two-way, exactly. That's what it's called. So it's a conversation. And because that's what sport is, it isn't as serious as news. It's a conversation that people like to join in on. They have their opinions on as well. So that's the way in which we do it. And it's like a light chat. So that happens over the course of the morning. And Monday is very much a kind of, Recapping on what's been going on over the weekend, doing all the admin bits, which is, which is like saving stuff into the archive, all the highlights and all the interviews and all that the kind of stuff. Oh, the most boring part, yeah. The most boring parts. Mondays are horrible. Um, Tuesdays, usually if there's a Saturday game, is our pre-match press conferences on Tuesdays. So we'll go over and see. So this week I went and spoke to John Brady, the Cobblers manager ahead of the game away at Gillingham on Saturday. I went and um, spoke to Mitch Pinnock as well, who's a Cobblers player who's just signed a new contract, who's looking ahead to Gillingham as well. And then you've got that audio, so you've got to edit that, you've got to plan when that's going to come out. The other part of our job now is, right, where are we go when are we going to put this on social media? How what quotes work for social media to direct people towards the show um, and all that kind of stuff. This week as well, I also spoke to Chantel Cameron on Tuesday because um, it's not just, I don't just do football, it's everything else that's going on as well. And um, again, that's on social media, BBC Sounds, what shows can that go into? They, it, that, all that kind of stuff just takes way longer than you think it does as well. Trying to track down people for interviews, get it edited, get it sorted. Wednesday, um, I'm off, as I say. Thursday's today, it's the Cobbler Show today. So it's our show on BBC Red Northampton between six and seven, which is um, all about Northampton town. We look about what happened at the weekend, look about what's gonna happen to the weekend. We normally get um, a player with us in the studio for the hour as well. Sometimes it's a little bit different like today. So I'm speaking to Danny Hilton, who's the cobbler striker. I'm speaking to him this afternoon because he coaches on a Thursday. Um, so that's tonight. So there's all the planning that goes into that, as well as um, setting stuff up for Saturday, because that's obviously the, our main sports show, two till, two till six on Saturday with all our stuff going on, sorting all the, uh, the audio out, what are gonna be the talking points, um, who's commentating, all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's a fairly quiet week because as soon as you start throwing Tuesday games in, which happens all the time in League Two, it's a relentless schedule, you, you kind of, you're doubling that because you have pre-match press conferences on Monday, game Tuesday, um, pre-match con press conference on Thursday, 
game Saturday. Saints often play Friday night, so your game's Friday. Saints playing Sunday this week, so you've got a game Sunday. Last week we covered the Cobblers women, they were on the Sunday, so we've got a game Sunday. It's no week looks like, there's no template for a week, but there's, there's stuff that always happens and there's stuff you've just got to be ready to move around for. One of his best memories as a journalist is when he reported on Silverstone. Um, best story that I've done. Uh, I, I'd say the most memorable kind of afternoons of kind of radio, the, the British Grand Prix, the, the Silverstone one. So one of the great advantages of being in Northamptonshire is that if you like Formula One, or even if you don't, you have this amazing sporting um, event that happens every year. We get great access to it as well. We are based in the, in the paddock, which is where all the teams are based. And th I think the best afternoon that you can have if you're in my job and the best stories you can do is on, is on race day on Silverstone where your job between 10 in the morning and just before the race starts is to be in the paddock and grab as many people as you possibly can. Like as many sporting people, famous people, whoever you can talk to. Do you do that live? Yeah, it, well, it's, yeah, so no, it's not live. It's you have your microphone on and you basically are almost assaulting people. Some people do it in different ways. Some people do it in different ways. I feel awkward doing that because I, kind of think if I was on the other side of things. So for example, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is walking up and down the paddock, not up and down the paddock, because he walk, takes three steps and he's mobbed by a crowd of thousands. It's, um, it's, it's basically trying to get a conversation with him as quickly as you can, but by being respectful about it as well. So people, other people we spoke to, Gareth Southgate was there, Daniel Craig is there, um, Michael Carrick's there. Um, this, this time, I'm trying to think of uh, Tony Bale, Derek Chisora, Anthony Joshua, um, Paddy the Baddy, if anyone, if anyone follows UFC, it's just like a mental scrum of walking up and down, seeing these people and trying to interview them. And, um, but some people do it, and I've seen, so someone did this to Mason Mount and Trent Alexander-Arnold and Virgil van Dijk on that Sunday. There's a guy um, from a different radio station who does the thing where he just sort of walks up to them and just shoves the microphone in their face. And he's like, Mason Mount, how's Formula One? He's looking at you like, well, back off. Whereas I try and kind of go, can I have 30 seconds? Can I have 30 seconds of your time? Then you can just stretch it after that. Um, but it, it's, it's an exciting afternoon because you don't know what you're going to get. You get there and you go, right, we, we say to the show back at base, I'm just going to send loads of stuff back and just hope that you can get to it. And there's no kind of rhythm to it. And it's such a massive event and it's complete carnival. It's a complete circus. It's absolutely crazy. And then, and then you go and watch the race from above the pit lane and reporting it from there. Um, it's it's crazy view. We were looking straight down the pit lane as if anyone follows Formula One, you probably would have seen it if you don't. Zhou Guan Yu turns upside down, flips over the gravel into the barrier, settles down, and then you're just watching it like, shit. And then what do you do then? And, and then you just, it goes through. So I'd say for kind of the most interesting and the most exciting, it's gotta be when you're at Silverstone on those kind of afternoons. If you need someone to shadow you on that, then yeah. there'll be a pick of about 25 people. Yeah. I think you'll probably put your hand up for that, won't you? No, <laughs> yeah. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. So no, no, you don't need people, to. There's a lot of people here that know more about it than I do, yeah. trust me. The best thing about Silverstone as well, by the way, isn't the racing or the stories, is that um, you get a free lunch. You get a free breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. It's unbelievable. It's like, it's like your canteen out there and they just go, help yourself. It is unbelievable. So that's, uh, if, that, if you don't like Formula One, but you need a oh, carrot oh, to get there, yeah, it's, uh, it's outrageous. Yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Like you can, they, it, it's so because they use because the Formula One is such a media circus everywhere. They've got such an open relationship 
even who, whoever you are, wherever you go. So you can walk in. So you know the paddock. If you don't know what the paddock is in Formula One, uh, you know the big team buildings that are there all the time. So you see it, they'll go in and out. Lewis Hamilton will come out of Mercedes in the Red Bull. And these are flat pack buildings. So at the end of the day, they're squashed back down, they're taken apart and they're flown to Brazil for the next race, for example. So all these go up and, it's, um, and you can go in there and you can do whatever. You can go and have a Red Bull in Red Bull, which is a cliche thing to do, but it's a lot of fun anyway. Um, and you can do all of that. So you, it's, it's an amazing place to be. And then it all packs up and it's gone. And that's the most, so we get there really early. So I get there at like five in the morning. There is no one there. And then by two o'clock in the afternoon, you cannot move. And then by the time everyone leaves again, when I'm still there at five o'clock, it's dead again. And it's, it's the weirdest, most kind of remarkable thing. It is, it is awesome. It's really like cool. that full time at some point? Really? Um, I, yeah, I mean, you, you probably wouldn't say no, but it's a lot of traveling. Yeah. It's a lot of work. It's, um, there's, their calendar is crazy. It starts in what the back, the back end of like Septemberish. It ends in in May. Or the other way around. You go from Bahrain one week to Australia, and then you're in Spain, and then it's it's intensive. Like, it's very intensive, but it's yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the, the lifespan. But it's it's an amazing sport, and it's in Northamptonshire, which is something that often people overlook. When you think some people think sport straight off the bat in Northampton and go. They've got a League Two football club and they've got a Premiership rugby club, but it's not the biggest sporting county. And that is a, such a misconception. There's so much happening. However, building a good relationship with sports managers can become difficult when they're being criticised by their fans. It is, um, that's, I'd say that's the hardest part of the job. It's the hardest part. So like Jefferson says, you, you get to know these people when you go and chat with John Brady. And I knew John Brady before he became the Cobblers manager because he was knocking around the under-18 um, side for a bit. I'd done loads of stuff with him before. I'd commentated on a Brackley game and he was my summariser. So I knew him for a long time before he became the Northampton Town manager. Um, and therefore, you, I wouldn't describe it as friends, but it's, they have a certain level of trust in you. And they, they, they tell you things that you can't repeat. And they, um, they give you context. They probably give you stuff that you can repeat that is... Um, better than a, than a bog-standard journalist would get because you've got that relationship. Um, but if I go back to his predecessor, which was Keith Curl, Keith Curl was a really, really nice man. Really nice man. I got on really well with him. Um, he was there for like two, two odd years. Um, don't have a bad word to say about him. Got on really well. Same as John Brady. You'd, you'd turn up and you'd have a conversation with him for 20 minutes before you'd start and he'd have a really open conversation. He'd tell you stuff um, off the record that would be really useful. But... but there comes a point where then this person you've got to know over two years. And bear in mind, if, if there's a Tuesday-Saturday game, you're interviewing this person four times a week. You're seeing them a lot. Um, you, so you, you build up a connection if you want it or not. But at some point, this person that you've spoken to four times a week for two years, you're going to have to look at him in the eyes and go, I think you might have to lose your job. And, that is, and they look at you like, you bastard. Like, you've completely betrayed, like you've completely betrayed them. And it's really difficult. With Keith Curl, I would say I probably had rose-tinted glasses for him for two or three games longer than I should have done. But it wasn't that I was going out my way to protect him. I just thought in the back of my mind, I, I know this team been better. He's done a great job. He's got them up through the playoffs. They haven't got a brilliant squad for this level. It's not going particularly well. Um, he probably deserves two or three more games. And those two or three games were just shit. They were awful. And then after the second or third game, it, the, the question, it's always the question, 
and you'll have heard it a million times asked by a million people, it's are you still the right man for the job? And it's like you've punched them. It's that's what it is. And it's, it's hard. But they're, they're experienced professionals. They know it's not personal. I gave, when Keith Kerr was sacked, I gave him a call to say, look, thank you for all your time and thanks for everything. And he's like, yeah, no problem. And then you go from seeing this person four times a week for two years to I've seen him once since in like three years. And, he was, and he, it was actually horrible because he, he came to Northampton as the older manager. They got hammered and the next day he got sacked. So it, that is the hardest part of the job. Because, and especially at this level, at, at local radio level, where the cobblers, are, cobblers and Saints are the two biggest pillars of our sports output, you have to maintain that relationship. If you piss them off, they're just going to tell you to, to, to get out. You, we, don't pay, we pay to cover their commentary, but it's, we're not Sky Sport. We're not doing a billion-dollar Premier League deals. You know what I mean? They, they, they don't need the money. They don't particularly need the coverage now either because football clubs have down to the National League have brilliant media teams within their own, within their own, uh, within their own club. So it's all about maintaining a relationship, but, but treading that line is, is so difficult. And I'm, I was relatively new to it. I'm still relatively new to it if you look at the kind of, if you think of kind of how old I am and how old people that do this job are. So it's still a learning curve for me, but um, it's really difficult. You've got to keep that context in mind. You've got to think why the, why the club is playing rubbish at the moment. Is it because of the manager? I'm not so sure. Give it a couple more games. And it's, it's, it's something that comes with experience, but it's super difficult. Super difficult. Yeah, we don't actually teach it. You can't teach it. You've just got to kind of learn it. It's so difficult. Yeah, it is so difficult. It just comes with, with, uh, with experience and, and talking to people who've done it for a long time and gauging fan reaction. But as I said, football fans, including, including myself, well, when the England go into the World Cup and it's nil-nil against Iran after 15 minutes, and I'm like... I told you, you got, should have got rid of Southgate after the Euros and they end up winning 5-0. We're all the same. We're all the same. So it's, it's really difficult trying to balance it. That's the end of this week's podcast. I'm Will Lewis. And I'm Nourish now.